From the start, I wanted to end this podcast series on a positive note. This process started in early March when the virus took hold of the entire world. Nothing, absolutely nothing positive was coming out of this. I was interviewing Penn State students, teachers, and coaches about their graduations getting canceled alongside their final sports seasons, highly anticipated trips, and study abroad programs. I was forcing people to recount some of the most difficult memories of this troubling year. And at the end of every interview I did, I asked them a simple question. What has the coronavirus made you appreciate about your life? In such a difficult time, I wanted to extract some good out of the situation, however little there might be. I got a lot of interesting answers, but one person stood out. Baseball coach Rob Cooper's response started like most others. I know it sounds really cliche, but it really just kind of, it kind of re-emphasizes, you know, to appreciate the little things and appreciate kind of some of the stuff you just take for granted. It was a good sentiment, but nothing overly remarkable. But then he said this. You know, there's a lot of projects as a coach that you, you know, sometimes you want to work on. You know, one of the things I've always kind of felt that would be really good is I, you know, I, I kind of wish that coaches would have the opportunity to take a sabbatical, you know, and, and not because you're exhausted or you don't enjoy what you're doing, but being able to take a step away and go and visit other coaches that, you know, that you really respect and admire. A coaching sabbatical is a pretty unique concept, and the pandemic gave Cooper a chance to make the most of the free time he and everyone else suddenly had. You know, obviously with everything going on because of COVID-19, you know, I was kind of like, hey, look, I'm, we're in a basically a sabbatical that none of us asked for. I'm going to use this time to to reach out to different people and, and coaches and, and try to get them together. And let's just let's just talk. His first roundtable discussion, as he called them, featured some well-known names around this campus. Coach Franklin joined one of the calls and was unbelievable. You know, Erica Walsh-Dombach was on one of the calls. She was unbelievable. Coach Chambers was on there. This gave Cooper the opportunity to share some ideas with some of the best collegiate coaches in the country. So you have all these coaches from different schools, professional sports, different sports, and yet all talking about techniques and and things that they do and motivation and leadership and and things like that and it's been you know again it's been extremely extremely beneficial when i first heard cooper talk about this in his initial interview i thought the idea was rather interesting but i didn't think much beyond that then a couple of weeks later when i was scrolling through twitter I found a tweet promoting something called the Coaches Conclave. It was a website where aspiring coaches can sign up and engage in discussions with college and professional coaches, discussing a pre-selected topic. It all sounded awfully familiar. Curious and wanting to learn more, I scrolled through the website and I saw that the founder of the Coaches Conclave was Rob Cooper. Basically what I'm trying to do is, pr is promote these really small Zoom style uh, virtual class settings where they can ask questions of the coaches and get real-time feedback. Through the pandemic, Coach Cooper not only got to experience his coaching sabbatical, he was also able to make a business out of it. I love going to like conventions and clinics. I, I love listening to podcasts, but 
if someone listens to the podcast tomorrow, they mm. may take a lot from it and learn a lot from it. And that, and that's awesome. But there may be something said in there that triggers like, man, I'd really like to ask this follow-up question, or I wonder what they do about this. And yet you, it, it, you can't do it because it's not in real time. Like his idea for a coaching sabbatical, the coach's conclave was something Cooper had been thinking about doing for a while. And the pandemic gave him the perfect opportunity to get his program going. You know, just doing some of those roundtables with other coaches kind of was like, okay, yeah, this is the kind of format I want to use. After choosing his format and getting an LLC, the only thing left for Cooper to do was to put his idea online. I was really just kind of putting the website together. And, you know, when you develop a website, you know, you, you save it and then you can publish it. By this time, he was just doing preliminary maintenance work on the site. And I had put a class uh, about culture building, uh, w building a championship culture on there. And so what I was trying to do is I would, I would publish it online so then I could go to the website and, try and test drive it as just some normal site member, you know, or, or somebody coming to visit it. No, like I hadn't promoted it, I hadn't sent it out, nothing. Cooper had no intention of starting his classes so soon until he went on and checked his website again. Well, all of a sudden I look and I've got two people signed up and I'm like, how did they even hear about this thing? I, I wasn't really ready, ready to launch it, but I figured, all right, I'm gonna launch it, get people to start thinking about it, researching it. Although he didn't think he was ready, Cooper decided to go ahead with it anyway. He successfully conducted his first class on building a championship culture. But Cooper says there's no limit to what he can talk about. There's so many different topics, uh, things that I wish I would have known as a young coach, or, hey, you know, we're gonna have these head coaches on there, and for those of you who are interested in eventually becoming a head coach, we're gonna talk about the journeys that we had and the things to keep in mind. Cooper has done new classes every week each one with different coaches on subjects ranging from designing practices to the use of technology in sports. For him, the ability to start the coach's conclave stems from more than just a desire to grow a business. I love talking about coaching. I love talking about coaching development, leadership. Even though I'm kind of the facilitator or quote unquote the teacher in this, and I bring in you know guest coaches from different sports and different programs, I'm learning a lot. And while the ultimate goal is to help aspiring young coaches, he gets a lot from it himself. Again, this may sound really silly, but I think sometimes just when you're talking to a very successful coach like James Franklin, and when you're sharing stuff with them and they're taking notes or they go, man, that's awesome. We're going to use that. Like that is very reaffirming as a coach. When I had Penn State broadcaster Steve Jones introduce Cooper back on the second episode of this podcast, he called Cooper a special guy, someone who is more than just a coach. His ability to face something as frightening as the coronavirus pandemic and create something as unique and helpful as the coach's conclave shows just how accurate Jones's initial description really was. Now, not everyone has as inspirational of a story as Cooper, but everyone I talked to was able to take something positive from such a negative time, no matter how simple it may be. Take Cooper's now former teammate Mason Nato, 
the cancellation of his final baseball season gave him a rare opportunity. For every year, as long as I can remember, I've been playing baseball at this point and haven't really been able to spend time with my family as much. So having some good time with them is it's definitely different, but I'm taking advantage of it. Then there's sports journalism extraordinaire John Affleck. He unsurprisingly discussed how much he thinks people will appreciate sports after all this. And with the excitement around the return of the NBA and MLB coming right around the corner, his prediction was certainly correct. Though, his appreciation for sports goes well beyond the professional world. I do hope people work out and stay healthy and improve their own athletic skills and that sort of thing. Uh, I know we're doing workouts every morning to, you know, just kind of give structure to our lives a little bit. Like me, Josie Chen was devastated when she found out our trip to Vietnam was canceled. But when I asked her about the most difficult aspect of the pandemic, her response was a little less dramatic than expected. Personally, that affects me the most is grocery shopping. I love grocery shopping and that has been taken away from me. And now I have to order on my phone. I don't even get to pick my tomatoes. They just get sent to me. It's a good reminder of the little moments in life we take for granted. And Chen has come to appreciate one of those things too many of us certainly don't appreciate enough. So no, I appreciate my, my, my partner the most. She's been great. We both very like work eccentric people. Like we like to do get our hands dirty and do stuff. And like we also enjoy our quiet times. And now it's just like quiet times, 100% of the time. There's also Lindsay Toomer. She's struggling with an aspect of the lockdown that I and many other journalists can relate to. I get very antsy when I'm in one place for too long and. That's what we're supposed to do right now is just sit in one place. And it's just hard because I like just get into like a mood where I just don't want to do anything when I can't really go anywhere. Just going out for a walk isn't enough. But through this entire experience, she's discovered a hobby that's quite sedentary. Funny enough, um, my friend <laughs> came over and we went to Walmart together and we both bought yarn and crocheting needles and we both had been making blankets during quarantine. <laughs> And we just felt it was pretty funny because we were just sitting here crocheting together and watching TV and we're like, when did we become 40-year-old women? And finally, we have Brandon DeWolf and Callaway Turner. If you remember, DeWolf had to scramble back to State College after spring break, only to be stuck there indefinitely. Being alone in an Airbnb for a few months gave him time to reflect. Man, this experience definitely made me appreciate actually my time at Penn State because it was gone so quickly. DeWolf had prepared for it though, well aware even before the pandemic how little time he had left. After class or walking home at night, whatever I was doing, I'd go walk around campus and just look at it and appreciate it because I knew I probably, I probably won't be back for the next 20, 30 years. Then after the effect of the virus was fully realized, those emotions grew even stronger. It really confirmed my appreciation for the campus and the life and the people I've been able to know for the last four years, because just because it ended so quickly. Just like DeWolf, Turner took time to voice her appreciation of Penn State. It's definitely made me appreciate being on campus and that experience of going to a four-year university and how much college is so much more than just school. My college experience even if I did it all from home, I'd come out with the same degree that I would at Penn State, but I wouldn't come out with near the wisdom or life experience that I would have if I'd been on campus 
at Penn State. And so I think really learning to appreciate the good, the bad, and the ugly of living on campus and living in the Penn State community with all of my friends from all different parts of the country and all different backgrounds is really something that I miss and am grateful for. And that is what I came to realize this entire podcast was all about. We all lost something big. Coach Cooper lost a season full of momentum and a team that supported him and his wife through their difficult experience battling cancer. Mason Nadell lost his last season playing the sport he loved. Steve Jones lost the opportunity to do play-by-play at March Madness for the best Penn State basketball team he saw over his three decades in the business. Josie, Calloway, Brandon, and Lindsay lost the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do a story in Vietnam. I lost that too, alongside my senior spring and commencement. I was planning on moving to Italy to start my career later this year, and that's not happening either. I had to go home, work on this podcast, and with each new episode, relive that one week in March that threw all of our lives violently off course. We all lost a lot, but we lost a lot because we had so much. And each story I told was possible because of what Penn State provided each and every one of us. And it's a place that's given us far more positive than negative. Throughout this entire pandemic, through all the bad, all the uncertainty, I was able to appreciate Penn State and everything it's done for me. And without these past few months, I don't know if I would have felt the same. And maybe that, in itself, is worth it. This has been the Lions on Lockdown podcast. Thanks for listening.